Hello and welcome to the Cavern Today podcast 26 Arches, Scars, and Vista. We've got a good show lined up for you today. We have news with Cavern reporter Nareem, a musical piece entitled Kareth's Arch by new TCT staffer and musician Jeff Wise, a new TCT tech with the usual crowd of resident Uber geeks, and a few other things that I hope you can find interesting. For those of you who are keeping track, this is our belated May podcast, so you can expect more in a few weeks. So sit back and enjoy the soothing sounds of your morale old in Roto. This is The Cavern Today. Hello, this is Nareem with this month's TCT News Report. Well, the last month has been the busiest and also the most tragic to date. On the 22nd of May 2007, the lives of Rosette Taylor and Willow Wheelie Emberg, the daughter of DRC member Michael Emberg, have both sadly come to an end after the Carlo pub on Agura's Great Stair collapsed, trapping the two. Rose was believed to have died instantly. Wheelie, however, initially survived, suffering nothing more than a wounded leg. The pub had initially been blocked off by Emberg himself after seismic activity had weakened the structural integrity in the area and formed a new crack in the pub building itself. At some stage on Sunday the 20th, however, Agura itself was shut off after suffering a collapse within its bounds. It was disclosed soon after that two people had been involved in the collapse, Wheelie and Rose. Together with many explorers, the DRC was able to ascertain the location of the two to be within the Carlo pub. It appears that Wheelie was unable to use her Relto book to link to safety after the collapse. Due to the presence of at least one borrow, the book failed to function. Whether this was a deliberate action on behalf of the borrow remains to be seen. It seems Wheelie and Rose were exploring the crack in the pub and encountered a borrow whose scream caused the pub to collapse. This information came through intermittent key chatter between Wheelie and various DRC members. The most distressing part of this chatter was in the final moments of contact between her and her father, Mr. Emberg. According to reports, a barrow was approaching Wheelie during the final moments of her conversation with Michael Emberg. After that, all contact with Wheelie was lost. When the DRC managed to dig their way through the rubble, they found both Rose and Wheelie dead. Dr. Marie Sutherland stated that it is certain that Wheelie was not killed by the collapse. The Barrow was nowhere to be found. The Barrow have certainly made themselves known in the last few weeks, with DRC employee Douglas Sharper having a dangerous encounter himself with several Barrow in Negalan. Sharper was checking on an Irwin that he had been using as bait to catch the Predator that he and Nick White have been in pursuit of for some time. This tactic worked with Abaro appearing and killing the Irwin before departing with its head. Sharper attempted to follow but then was ambushed by what he described as at least 30, maybe dozens of Baro. Before they could harm him, however, it seems that this group was attacked by a completely different group of Barrow. Two of this new group prevented two of the malicious 
Pyro from attacking Sharpa, giving him time to link to his Relto. The story recounts that the Dunning Zoological Society's Bevan has led rise to speculation regarding a possible Baro civil war between a group of kind, peaceful Baro, more in line with those portrayed in Cyan's Mist 5 game, and another violent group who may well desire to remove the explorers from the cavern entirely. Little more is known about the situation at present, but more is certainly sure to come to light in the near future. All of the above events were covered in more detail by staff of the TCT Extra, who kept up with the daily events during the Barrow Crises. In other news, a new age, Linkada, has been released by the DRC. This age appears to be the largest of the new restoration, and is certainly one of the most interesting. The age consists of a large desert landscape with clear sky. There also appears to be several Barrow-esque structures in the age, leading us to ask a question, what was the history, and indeed the purpose, of this new age? It seems that it is also possible to change the time in the age from day to night in order to view some incredibly picturesque views of the night sky and the stars, with many explorers certainly taking advantage of this. The book to Minkada can be found in the Agura Library along with an orienteering guidebook. In light of recent events, DRC financer Ms. Kate Alexander had this to say about Minkada. May the scars of Minkada be a memorial for all we have lost. The restoration does indeed look set to move on from these problems, with several new events confirmed to be coming in the month of June. An age called Urkana is confirmed to be released in the next month. Unofficial information has suggested that the age is of a more industrial nature than others we have seen so far. Some have suggested its purpose may have something to do with a new pellet-shaped icon that has appeared on Explorer's Keys. The age, however, does seem to have been administered directly by the Denis. The DRC have also said that there is an initiative underway to restore the bioluminescence of the cavern's lake. Exactly how this will be accomplished hasn't been made clear to the general public yet. However, hopefully it will bring a new light to the cavern. One that will help us move on from the tragedies of the recent past. With the mysteries surrounding the Barro deepening, and explorers becoming more and more involved in the restoration itself, there are certainly a lot of goings-on down in the cavern. Goings-on that TCT is sure to keep you abreast of, through the extra, the archiver, and of course this, our main podcast. This is Nareem, for The Cavern Today, signing off. Thanks, Nuri. And now, a word from our sponsors. Has this ever happened to you? Now that I've solved all the puzzles and finished all the ages in Mist Online, I'm bored. Well, now there's something new. Great Zero Marker Missions? No, not the Marker Missions. Sparklies? Got them. No. Wait, let me guess. Pods. Actually... Got all four portals and seen all the animals. Are you saying there's another pod? It, not exactly. 
you're not going to tell me I can do a stained glass window, are you? You can, you know. Too hard. Oh. I've read all the forms, too. Uh-huh. Nothing good there, anyways. What were you going to tell me? Huh? Oh, well, now there's something new. Just for you. The brand new Guild of Winers. Really? Now accepting new members. Do I have to do anything? No. Do I have to go to meetings? Not if you don't want to. Okay, I guess. You're welcome. Hey, hey, wait a minute. How come we don't have a website? Like, is there a whiner's hood or something? We need our own hood. Of course, that means I have to change hood, and that is a total pain in the behind. The Guild of Whiners. Sign up today. I can see through the glass separating our studios that Janathus and Anthony are already at it. I think they're going to talk about Windows Vista, if they can stop bickering. Yes, it's that time again. Can I talk about myself? No! I mean, yes, I mean, sort of. Quiet, you. It's time for TCT Tech version 2.2. And, and this, this week, week we... we are going to talk about Vista. You know it, you love it, Microsoft Vista. I wouldn't be certain they love it, but whatever. You're just jealous I got to play with it before you did. Oh, uh, that's ironic. As far as playing goes, I use Vista only, as you can't seem to commit. Hmm. Well, not all of us are willing to abandon our software just to be able to use an OS. I dual boot. If it doesn't work in Vista, it deserves to be abandoned. Natural selection, says me. Oh, yeah? What about your little game that you love so much that you keep dragging around with you, huh? Uh, it works in Vista. <laughs> yeah, but that's not natural selection. It didn't work in XP, and you kept playing it there. Mm. So, we're going to start with installation. Oh. <laughs> uh, not many people who experience Vista are actually going to install it from the disk. They're actually just going to get a computer that has it on there. That's Unless what you're I, like me, who just likes installing things to install things. Oh, well, I did it too. But anyway, for those who have the temerity to install an OS, you'll find the Vista install to be greatly improved over the XP install or 2000 install, which are the same anyway. Yeah, it's not as... Well, no, it is as blue as it used to be, but not in the same way. It's, it's more teal. Maybe aqua. A little green. A little yellow, too. But... It's actually, unlike the other OS installs, there's actually a mouse pointer, and there's a graphical interface, a basic one. It, it does the job. It, it's, it's not a square, either. It's, uh, it's very clear on how what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, how you do it. When we get to the, the first user setup, this is where the, the wow factors start coming in. You get a little window that says, okay, what, what, what do you want your name to be? And I'm like, the Janathus, duh. And... I was like, well, what do you want your wallpaper? It has a couple little options down there. I'm like, I don't know. Let me, let me see the leaf. And you click on it, and then the background changes to the leaf. Then I'm like, whoa, too much green. I'm like, okay, there's more blue in this one. Oh, too dark. And as you click the buttons, the background is changing. Isn't that great? It's just one of those little things where you, you realize, like, the OS is like, it's there for you, not vice versa. Yeah, and if you're someone like Janathus, everything has to be there for you. Exactly. <laughs> so... After you're done installing Vista and the desktop loads with the wallpaper you picked, you now 
of course, see that, hmm, there's, things are transparent. This taskbar, I can see through it. I can see my little green leaf going through the taskbar. Actually, I didn't pick the green leaf, but, you know, you get it. <laughs> when you bring up a window, you have a transparent border around it, whereas in Windows XP, it was kind of a skinned, pretty blue border. Or silver. Or green. Ugh, or royale blue. Or for or those of us hacker elite skills out there, the royale noir. Get the file. You didn't have to hack anything for royale. Just get the file. Not royale, the royale noir. Oh, noir. Okay, yeah. You didn't have to hack for that one. Just a little bit. Just a little. So, somebody keeps diverting me. The point is, these newly transparent windows are not just skinned, they are rendered. Your video card is doing it. Why is that useful? Why is that useful? Okay, well, do you ever have your windows have redraw problems? You mean like the gray screen of murder? When a program crashes? <laughs> or like the uh, screen where you have a window dragged across another window and the other window's busy and suddenly you have this other window jaggedly across the entire window you just drag it over? Yes. Mm-hmm. This eliminates that. You won't see that anymore. And also, if you hit Alt-Tab, you actually have thumbnails of the programs you're going through. Yeah, if you hit live thumbnails, you get live thumbnails of everything. Uh, yeah, live thumbnails. If you're watching a movie file or a video file and you hit Alt-Tab, you'll see a live little video playing in your little Alt-Tab window. Or if you learn the new schnazzy Windows tab when everything turns on a 45-degree angle in a 3D environment, you'll also see a live thumbnail there. All of this yep. if you have Arrow, because this is one of the things Arrow does. And you have to have Arrow. If you don't have Arrow, you lose out on everything. You... Yeah, if you, if you don't have solid. Arrow on Vista, just go back to XP because it's rather ugly without it. And I'm not saying, like, it's got to be blue or it's not good. What I'm saying is, like, if they don't have Arrow, they do this horrible baby blue, almost gray. I don't know what they're trying to do, but it's not good. At least it's better than the old junk mail thing. So, <laughs> another cool thing. We have not just live thumbnails or scaling windows. We have live scaling thumbnails. Say you're in your pictures folder. I'm like, is, is that my picture of Aunt Tessie or is that some hard rock band? I can't tell. So... <laughs> You click on your view menu, and you grab your slider, and real-time, the the size of the thumbnail will change. And you can size it up to about a quarter of the size of your screen, like, oh, that's Aunt Tessie. I was looking for the heavy metal band. So, <laughs> so those are all the whiz-bang features. Let's dig a little deeper. We have a new sound stack in Vista. So now, yep. for, for the geeky among us, and, you know, I don't know where we'd find a geek in this fan base... Sometimes we're playing a game online, but we're also voice chatting with some of our co-patriots who are also playing the same game. Janathus and I were doing a Minkata. Yes. And, well, sometimes the game gets a little too loud, and I can't hear Anthony's dulcet tones over the game. So, Windows has put this great new mixer in, where you bring up your sound control, and you can now bring down the volume level of just that game. Whereas before, you'd have to go into the game, go into the options, click the sound menu, and bring down all the various sliders to bring all the sounds down. Or if you're like me, you can turn the game up and turn Janathan's down. <laughs> You'll get yours. <laughs> Someday, but so far I've managed to avoid it. 
this new sound driver has a you know it has an, an ifs ands or buts it uh, Creative's EAX is no longer supported normally unless it's a new enough game to support OpenAL, and, yeah. and Creative has a driver appropriate for that. Uh, Creative is trying to, to fix it, but in some cases, I'm actually not missing it because the fix breaks the little Windows mixer thing. So I fix EAX for my game, and then my little I can't control it in the Windows mixer anymore. I don't really need EAX all that bad, so I stick with the Windows version. We, we did a poll on a couple of websites to see who had uh, dedicated audio and who didn't, and those of, those of us who love our THX certified dedicated audio are in the minority. So Windows is small going with majority on this one. Too. I'm sorry? I said small minority, too. You don't know what you're missing. <clears throat> don't need to. So you are a big fan of the new driver model. Let's hear about yep. it. The new driver model, it's been majorly revamped from XP's. It's one of the reasons why Vista has some of the problems with hardware that it does right now. Which is more to be blamed on the hardware vendors than Microsoft themselves. Yeah, that one falls on the hardware vendors not getting their drivers ready. But you might have hardware that doesn't work from XP to Vista. Usually it'll be stuff that's peripherals, nothing that you're probably going to be dependent on well you know what i think is funny is like some of these printer manufacturers just they're not making drivers for vista buy a new one <laughs> right buy a well, new money pit please tactics for years yeah the last time they had a driver update this big would probably be well or close would be back during 2000 when they made that os when they changed with this os they moved the driver model from kernel mode which is things like basics of the os to user mode, which is stuff like your desktop, programs that run on it, that sort of stuff. This allows things to be more stable for your computer. Let's say you It also puts the control in Windows hand. Yeah, rather than the hardwares. But let's say you have a program running and your graphics driver has an error and crashes. If you were in XP, that would likely bring down the entire computer. You'd have to restart. Blue screen esoteric error that you'd understand yeah error code that no one but a windows technician someone a plus certified maybe a plus certified no i I think it's like the mcsc plus all 10 of the optional tests that has to be highly (laughs) technical beyond even janapis someone who thinks in hexadecimal yeah af (laughs) one (laughs) zero (laughs) g but it would take the entire system down on you most likely well, wait a minute, you're saying Vista won't crash? Vista will crash, it's just, it won't crash for that reason. It won't crash to reboot, restart, whatever. Right. Now, if this happened in Vista, unless this is just horrible, horrible, taking a lot of the system with it, it'll just take out the driver, the program, and Vista will reset the driver for you and bring everything up, and you can get back into the program, which is uh, might better than having to spend... 30 seconds to 2 minutes getting your computer back up. Plus, whatever time it takes to load the program, load the desktop, all that. A lot of drivers right now don't don't support DirectX 10 hardware, as far as I know. Which, that's fine, because Uru isn't a DirectX 10 game, nor is anything that GameTat offers. No. I think Uru currently is DirectX 8 mainly, with maybe some DirectX 9 functions added to it. I'm not certain about the last part. Well, there's some DirectX 9 games in GameTap. Either way, you're best with it than without it. 
But so. there was another feature they added to the drivers, which was uh, multitasking. Multitasking or multi-threading? Multitasking. Huh. Uh, graphics processors have always been good at multi-threading, but they weren't very good at trying to do that with more than one program because they conflict for resources, and the graphics processor wasn't designed to deal with that. Microsoft had to fix it. No, yeah, Microsoft had to make the graphics manufacturers fix it. <laughs> so Microsoft's new driver model encourages manufacturers to develop drivers that will run multiple programs on them at the same time without crashing. Currently, it's rather crude. It's very, very weak multitasking compared to, say, what your processor does. But it is multitasking. Let's move on to something even less exciting. Let's talk about the task manager. Every once in a while, you have an errant task, and you can tell it's not running right, and you need to shut it down forcibly. So, if you're the regular Windows user, you hit Control-Alt-Delete, which doesn't take you to the task manager. It takes you to a window where you can pick a task manager in Vista, which yeah. is a hold ba- holdover from the Windows NT days. Or yes. if you're like me and you know Control-Shift-Escape will take you straight to it without having to hit that extra window, or right-click on your taskbar and task manager. Anyway... The cool thing I found is that we have a services tab now. So if one of the the errant problems you're having is in services, you can shut it down there. Although how you would find out exactly without actually having some information before you went in there that one task might be having a problem before you went there, I don't know. But in any case, uh, done it before. Say, say, you, uh, say you're just sick of that iTunes helper, you can get rid of it. iPod service, you can get rid of it. I don't have an iPod. I don't need an iPod service. If that's your uh, deal, services is there for you to remove it. The other yeah. uh, the other big change is the uh, if you go to the performance tab, which is mostly unchanged from previous versions, there's a button at the bottom called resource monitor. Resource monitor is cool. You get all this statistical, statistical information on your CPU, your disk, your network, your memory, and... There's another piece to it. You want me to go to that bad place, don't you? It's not bad. It's cool. Yeah, Anthony has this wonderful thing that he showed me today that I wish I hadn't seen. It's called the (laughs) Reliability Monitor. Yeah, this thing keeps track of exactly how often your computer's crashing. (laughs) Yeah, and see, of course it's a bad place, and so Anthony likes it. but He only thinks it's a bad place because his computer has been on a nosedive since he started. It's been on a nosedive because... Like many computer geeks, I like to experiment. Let's see what this does. Oh, that crashed it. <laughs> yeah, my computer's been on its way up. What's this button do? Oh, that crashes it. <laughs> so, in any case, it's it's kind of interesting to notice, you know, that DirectX 10 demo I've been trying to get working has been crashing, and Windows says, hey, I'm not as reliable because of it. Yep. be Windows complaining. Very good if you're trying to... Uh diagnose exactly what's causing problems in your computer. Exactly. On the second two most important thing we're going to talk about in Windows Vista, the Windows Search and or Start Menu Search. Anthony loves this, so he can talk about it. Janathan just doesn't care, like, like so many other things in his life. Now, Janathan is just very organized. He knows where his stuff is at. Yeah, but many people aren't. <laughs> the world doesn't revolve around you. What? <sighs> yeah. Revolves around the sun. You revolve around that. But mm. um, anyways, the search is an update from the old search. Windows is 
as far as I can remember, all the way back to 3.1 had a search function. Probably 3.0. Probably 3.0, yeah, probably. You could go and search for a file if you didn't know where it was located. Let's say you had uh, any you were looking for or something. Dot .ini for the uninitiated. Yes, dot .ini, which was used to store information for a program so that it knew what its settings were. But, anyways, you would run this thing, and a minute or so later, it would have a list of all the files that went along with what you gave it. Yeah, a minute or so later on hard drives measuring in megabytes. Yeah. 40, 60 megabytes, getting up there at three, 400. But as computers got larger and larger amounts of space, it started taking longer and longer. <laughs> because more files, the more you have to process. So what you're saying is that due to impatience, we have made this upgrade? You know, due to impatience, we went to new search systems. Okay. In fact, Microsoft has been trying to figure out a better way of searching for the past you know, 12 years. So, in this day and age, with the hard drives numbering in hundreds of gigabytes, I don't know if, if the terabyte drives are out yet or they're coming out, but they're... I think there is at least one out. We need a way to efficiently find what we're looking for. Yep. And this leads us to index the drive, which yep. Windows does. Yeah, it's the... Uh... Indexing basically is uh, Windows pre-searches the drive for you. It gets all the information and stores it in a much more efficient form called the database. And then when you're looking for a file, it just searches the database instead of the entire computer. Exactly. Previously, they were thinking of doing something where the entire file system was a database, but now, no one has ever managed to do it. Now, the indexed file system has nothing new. Apple's been doing it for quite a while. Um, yeah. the, the place where I like Vista better than mac os x is that the index only points at the folder and below where you're at for instance if you're in your documents folder it's only going to look for files in that documents folder or inside of any folders contained therein in yep. os x if you hit the search thing in the corner of any finder window you're in it'll find all instances os wide of that file which is not what i was looking for i was looking for what's in this folder and that's why I put I clicked in that search on this folder window to find what I was looking for in this folder. So in that case, I think uh, Windows has a, an upper hand, but maybe I'm just lacking my Mac power user skills to some extent. It's possible. Don't have much experience with those Macintoshes. So, my favorite feature of Vista, at least I think it will be. You <laughs> <laughs> think it will be. And it, and it has sure. a really... Has a really dry sounding name, the Windows Experience Index. Wee! <laughs> it sounds a lot better when you use the acronym. It's a esoteric number assigned to your computer's performance level based on your CPU, memory, video card, all that performance that you have in your system. Where this will be useful, I think, is going to be in the future with gaming. Instead of a box that says you need a Pentium 4 or equivalent Athlon of such and such megahertz or above, such and such memory, blah, 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 all that stuff you don't recognize, it's going to have, you need a Windows user index overall this number with this 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 number. And you can instantly pull up properties on that computer and see where your numbers are at. And yep. I think that will be easier because a lot of people shop online. You can shop online, see the number, or you're shopping online on your computer, so you can just bring it up in the same window. What am I at? It's a lot easier to keep track of it like, could, five it, numbers. It could even are, get crazy. Like the browser could even know 
Like, your browser could say, this game is of this rating, and your system is this rating. You can't play it. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I won't let you buy it. (laughs) I think where Microsoft's going with this is that these numbers are going to allow them to more easily tell you whether or not this game will work on your system. I I seem to remember not that long ago that people were trying to run uh, Myst 3. So I don't understand. I have a 1 gigahertz Pentium 3. That's more than the game asked for. Why can't I run it? Like, it says you also need such and such video memory, and you have onboard. If they had said, well, it says I have to have a system rating of 3, and you look at the box, I'm like, oh, I've got a 2. They would know that they don't have the muscle in their machine to run the game. Yep. Now, I'm sure that this would be applied to applications of software, but who's ever worried about Microsoft Word running on their computer? (laughs) So I'm thinking it's the games or high-end software like Adobe Photoshop or maybe 3D rendering software. This is where these numbers are going to become useful. That's my opinion. Although next to nothing right now has these ratings being reflected. I'm sure as time goes on, more and more will. Well, any future game that's listed as a game for Windows game, We'll have to have this rating. <laughs> Otherwise, it won't get certified. And I don't know if any of you have seen the Games for Windows boxes, but there's a little circle with the Windows symbol in it. It looks just like the Start Menu button from Vista. Coincidence? <laughs> Anyhow, that's where we'll end for now on Vista. In the July TCT Tech, we're going to assemble a panel of our untechnically savvy TCT staffers. Actually, Janae, this means our highly regarded co-patriots. Which we can make feel like the lowest of the low. Actually, I think we're going to try and take questions from a user's perspective, Janae, and do our best to address the issues others might have at the same time. The tomato, tomato. Uh, no. And this is the Janae, And this is he who shall bring an end to the Janae, if he's not careful. <gasps> Signing off. And now, a musical number commemorating the events that happened two weeks ago. I present Jeff Wise's Karath's Arch.
Thanks, Jeff. The Cavern Today is not just a single small podcast anymore. Already, we have the TCT Extra and the Archiver, links to which you can find on the main page of our website, www.thecaverntoday.com. And now we have a special announcement with a new service that TCT will be bringing you and the Cavern community. Hi, this is Steve Crocks from The Cam Today. We at TCT know how hard it can be to get your work out into the community. There are web hosts out there to scalp you for everything you have, and YouTube never does the community's videos justice. So we at TCT would like to offer the TCT Mirror Service. If you're a person trying to get your work out there, or a new group looking for a place to set up a web page, you might already have your own website but be overloaded with download requests. Then we encourage you to come to www.thecamtoday.com and fill out our application form. We don't ask for anything, we would just like to use our resources to give back to the community. And now, inspired by the legendary audio series, Toroneko's Journal, Mowog brings us Travels in Minkata. Ah, Minkata. Ah, a rather boring age. Well, I guess it's it's not so boring for those who like earth tones. Although, I, I imagine that those who like earth tones would also like quiet. And that's one thing this age isn't, with all of this wind blowing. Well, as with all things Denis, I feel certain that this age is more than it seems, or is more than can be seen. As a matter of fact, now that I look at it, you can't really see that far through the dust all this wind seems to be kicking up. Oh, it seems there's a point up here. I'll just follow that. Maybe there's some kind of a major structure or some civilization off in that direction. I'll just keep going that way until I... (laughs) until I hit something, I guess. Well, I I had to panic link out as I got so deep into the sandstorm that I couldn't even see my shoes. It looks like whatever you have to do here, it can't be too far out. There must be something out in this direction, or else there wouldn't be that compass point or a flag. What are all these stumps? If they were trees, I'd be happy to have arrived in, in the part of this world where they still exist. This blasted sandstorm... Well, I've decided to take a closer look at these stumps, and, and lo and behold, I, uh, <clears throat> I seem to have found something. Hmm. Plain English? Now that's a first for a Bardo stone inscription. And as I ran my hands over the stone, cleaning out the crevices, a, a glow emitted, and a linking sound occurred, and, and then darkness. And, and stars... Oh, and it's uh, quieter, too, and that I can live with. What's that off in the distance? Oh, the... Wow, the sky changes, the music begins, and... And the symbol heads back to the center. Oh, my. This is interesting. And for the rest, 
you'll just have to take the journey to Minkata yourself. That does it for us today. I hope you enjoyed this month's, or rather, last month's show. As usual, we couldn't do these podcasts without the fine team working behind the scenes on them. So we would like to thank Nareem for the news, Jeff Wise for his musical selection, Janathus and Anthony, our resident geeks who make us all feel dumb with their computer knowledge, for the TCT Tech segment, Montgomery and Vid for the Guild of Winers, and Miles for the beautiful art on our main page. For Podcast 26 of The Cavern Today, this is Alhan, signing off.